Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 977. Look in the mirror and know your strengths. He said it's really important. He said, but more importantly, it's know your weaknesses and surround yourself with people whose strengths are your weaknesses. And that's how you find success. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Ray Cody. Hey, Ray, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready to roll, Mark. All right. Calling in from beautiful Telluride today. Oh, that's a place I'd like to be skiing right now. Ray Cody is the founder of Telluride Festival of Cars and Color that takes place September 27th through the 30th in 2018. It's a world-class automotive celebration set against the spectacular September foliage of the San Juan Mountains in Colorado. This will be the fourth annual event Ray and his team have put together, focusing on high-end restorations, vintage, and exotic vehicles. Ray has a lifelong passion for automobiles, airplanes, and motorcycles, proclaiming Anything with an engine excites me. His business has been in real estate, having owned hotels, commercial properties, apartment complexes, and a B&B in Telluride. He was a hockey coach for 30 years who understands the importance of team building in business, sports, and, of course, events. So, Ray, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your obvious passion for automobiles? Well, I uh, I started first. Thanks for having me, Mark. Of I course, you, yes. Uh, I appreciate you including me in your uh, in your very successful podcast. Well, love to have you here. <laughs> yeah, uh, Telluride uh, is a, a place that I moved to with my wife um, in 2005 and 2006 timeframe. We were finally in here. What I recognize is that I lived in one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And it was a, a community that uh, had festivals as part of the way that the the, uh, the livelihood and the economy survived in this town. And they lacked an automotive event. Um, so that's kind of how it started. Uh, I, I put together a team of people and we presented it to our national historic community uh, uh, for inclusion in a festival calendar of events. And they gave us a year to show us what we could do. And uh, here we are three years later. Wow. Well, putting on events, car shows, it sounds so easy, doesn't it? But it is not easy, is it? Well, it, it's easy for me because I have such a great team. But, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I, Mark, honestly, I go to car shows for a living. That's what I do. I I have, uh, you know, I've met, mentioned Christine Gammons, my festival director. And yes. She's a, she's a, uh, uh, she's a rock star as far as organizational skills is concerned. And, and I'll be honest with you, I get people come up to me all the time and they say, wow, Ray, your event, you do such a great job. It's so well organized. Well, I got to I got to tell you that I have nothing to do with that. Uh, so <laughs> I, I really don't. But I appreciate the compliment. Well, as part of your skill sets in building a strong team, that's exactly what you've done. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra, something that has some meaning to you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars yeah so ray take the wheel 
You know, I, when when I saw this, I had to think of a quote that really it impacted me personally. And it was from my father, who was also my hero. And he said, son, you're going to have to fail to succeed. Mm. And, and at the time, it didn't make sense to me. I was a young businessman and I was... Uh, um, I, w- I was asking my father to financially help me. And, you know, I'd asked him in the past to help me as well. And he had done that. But he saw how I operated at that time in my life. And, and those words, uh, they rang out to me. And, and it's changed the way that I operated. So that's the famous quote that I have. And I got one more I'd like to share. Yes, please. It's, uh, Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. And, and it's, uh, you know, I, I don't have sports heroes, but I, I really appreciate the skill level that Wayne Gretzky had. And he said, you, you miss 100% of the shots that you never take. And it's just such a, it's such a great iconic sports quote. He also said that a good hockey player goes to where the puck uh, is going to be, or a good hockey player goes to where the puck is, and a great hockey player goes to where the puck is going to be. And, I, you know, sports is a big part of my life. And uh, so anyway, I, I, I think about those three quotes, um, and, and all of them uh, make good sense to me. Uh, three wonderful quotes. And I'll tell you, my good friend Steve Ford, who's been a guest on this show, he's the... Uh the original car guy, he actually owns that domain name. He loves that quote by uh, Gretzky as well uh, about you miss all the shots you don't take. And you're absolutely right. But of course, it's like Babe Ruth. He took a lot of swings and he missed, failed a lot of swings, but he became a great hitter. And it's the same with Gretzky. And it's the same with life. Yeah, you got to just, you got to fail. I had a guest on the show that says her goal every year is to fail 100 times. That's a goal she sets for herself because she realizes how important it is to learn from those failures. So I love that. Yeah. Wise man, your father, for sure. Well, let's go back in time a little bit, Ray. I'd love for you to tell the story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you were indeed a car guy? You know, I got to share with you that I didn't grow up in a car family. My father was not mechanically inclined. He was, uh, my dad was a, a businessman and he was a sports coach. And, and that's how, uh, and, and, a, and a great father, I might add. But um, I, I, so I didn't learn cars from my dad. But what I did, uh, I did grow up in a time of the 50s, 60s, and 70s, which was the era of the muscle cars. Mm. And, um, and I remember I was, uh, it probably it was 1971, maybe. And I, I, I remember the guy's name. His name was Bob Sirier. He was an upperclassman in my high school. I was a freshman. He was maybe a junior or a senior. I don't remember. But he had a uh, 426 uh, Challenger. Ooh. And um, and his father had uh, had done some things to the car and improved the performance on it from what it already is, the elephant of a car that it was. So uh, Bob Sirier gave me a ride in that car. And, and that day in Chicago, Illinois, changed <laughs> changed my life, I got to tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, a car like that, no doubt. Wow. Well, it was a great first experience to a muscle car, I'm going to tell you. Nothing like it. Nothing <laughs> like it. And today, to, today's standards, Mark, that car, uh, you know, still such a beast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those were beasts back in the day. Yeah, the early 70s before the gas crisis hit and all the car makers just d- dumbed down all their cars as far as I'm concerned. But those yes. were some great times for sure. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down. We talked earlier a little bit about failing and the importance of learning from those failures. So I would love for you to, to take us to a time when you had a great challenge or a great failure in your business, in your life, or maybe it has to do with your event. Walk us through that. But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you? 
Well, you, you know, I got to tell you, first I want to share with you, you have a good, this is a good format that you lay out here because I think other than sharing, you know, car stuff with people, there's, uh, you know, there, there are older people that have failed and, and it's good to share those experiences of failure with the younger generation. Yes. I mean, that's how, that's how you learn. But my background uh, was in horticulture and plant science. I was into forestry management. Uh, you know, maybe I could have been a golf course superintendent. That was where I was uh, going in my first business. Um, so I started a lawn and tree care company and it was, uh, it was a big, we had 1200 gallon tank trucks and we would drive around and we would spray your lawn with liquid fertilizer and weed killer and we'd spray your trees for bugs and diseases, those types of things. And it was a service, uh, business. Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew a lot about my business, Mark, but I didn't know anything about business mm -hmm. and that caught up with me. So, uh, you know, I had this facade, we had beautiful trucks and my guys had uniforms and we had pretty business cards. And I was a young man. I was in my twenties. My friends all thought I was just killing it, you know, mm -hmm. but I, but my business was failing my business side of my business. And so what I, I, I failed. I, I, uh, as a result of that, I, I lost everything. And, um, that, that was a good first lesson for me. And that goes back to when, when I had asked my dad for that, you know, uh, for that loan. He mm -hmm. said, you're going to have to fail to succeed. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's why those words rang so uh, so loud in, in my head. But um, I did fail in business. And, uh, and as a result, you know, I, I, uh, it was either go get a job for someone else, which I'm a terrible employee, <laughs> um, or – or figure something else out. So I started back again in the same kind of business, but this time I, I incorporated a, a businessman who was one of my mentors in life. Uh, his name was Wayne Largent, and I took care of Wayne's uh, lawn in Wichita, Kansas, which is where I lived at the time. Mm -hmm. And he was the chief financial officer at Pizza Hut Corporation. Oh, and wow! Very, very wealthy man. And Wayne liked me. We were. Uh, you know, we were just, we just had some common ground. He really was into his landscape and I was very articulate in how I, I took care of his property. And, um, so, uh, he became one of my life mentors and, um, he helped me then. And I, I, I turned that company around and, uh, and I ended up, uh, building it back up again. And then, uh, and then it was sold off at a later date. But, um, you know, this is kind of, yeah, this is a really important lesson. I've heard this from many guests, the business side of what they do has been a challenge is because they're very good at a craft, perhaps like a, a car restorer, a builder, or even a racer or somebody. But the business side always kind of catches up with them a little bit. And my takeaway from this very hard learned lesson from you was to find a partner or a mentor who can teach you the areas of which you're deficient. Is that your big, biggest takeaway from that, that life lesson? Well, it was. It, it really was. And uh, because I, I was good at what I did um, um, and, and we did have a, a very professional appearance about us, but I had never gone through the, the phase of my life where I learned about business. Mm -hmm. You know, I learned about plant science, yeah. but I didn't learn about business. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, great lesson. I appreciate you taking us there to that hard uh, learned a lesson. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a aha moment in your career. Now, it sounds like you've had some uh, maybe a few than more than one or two pivots in your career in your life because you went from that lawn care horticultural lifestyle and I know you're in real estate now and you're running this event so tell us about a career aha moment in your life well let's think about that I, I guess it was uh when I had that business failure um at that point my my, my personal life fell apart as well my uh 
my wife at the t- time uh, filed for divorce and um, you know and I, I really I didn't have anything I was basically living out of a studio apartment that was $250 a month that I couldn't afford to live in mm. um, you know and I had uh, I had my daughter who was very young at that time and uh, so I, I moved into this apartment complex and um, and I my background was horticulture as I said and so I, I started kind of taking care of the grounds there. And, uh, I lived in a garden level apartment, so I planted annuals and perennials and some flowering shrubs and created a nice turf grass area and, uh, you know, put in a few flowering crab trees and things like that, that mm-hmm. the landlord would buy. And, and, uh, and finally the place really started to take place as far as having appearance, landscape appearance. And so I was dealing with the manager at that time. And, and then at one point, the owner of the apartment complexes came by and, um, he again became one of my great mentors in life. Uh, his name was Kent Steiner and I'll, I'll share a story about Kent with you. But, uh, so Kent, uh, he asked me if I would kind of, you know, do other things. I mean, was there other things I could do? And, and I, I gotta be honest with you, I was willing to do anything at that time because I was struggling. Sure. Um, and so he, he taught me how to, uh, replace hot water tanks and, and, uh, faucets, you know, washers that stop faucets from dripping and, and put linoleum in and, and, you know, paint cabinets and how to fix these apartments up. And I ended up working there for Kent for a couple of years. And one day he came to me with a set of keys and he said, Ray, I'm going to say, Kent had a Southern draw. He said, I'm going to sell you Longfellow apartments. And I, I didn't have any money, Mark. I, I'd gone through a divorce. <laughs> yeah. I'd gone through a bankruptcy i lost everything and I, I told him i said kent i don't have any money and he said well i'm going out of town now sign this green card make sure you pay your water bill because you'll turn it off and don't take any cash you only take checks and so <laughs> and he left town <laughs> and so he, he left town he left me this big ring of keys well kent came back a month later and he had a he had an agreement uh and for every year that i put in at that apartment complex he gave me five percent of the deal wow and it was a it was a sweat equity deal and yeah. kent had a lot of apartment communities in the wichita area at that time and so he was growing fast and he was looking for people that he could include in his team at that point right and he he likened it to him being the general and we were all soldiers and <laughs> and 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 kent had a military experience but uh as it ended up, years went by, and we ended up doing a contract for deed on that apartment complex. And and uh, and I ended up, uh, you know, he, he was going to sell it to me over a period of 30 years. And, and at that point, for me, Mark, this was a great opportunity because I could see that maybe I was going to have a retirement, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I worked hard towards that. And, and then about a year and a half into the deal, after I had signed this contract for deed with Kent, um, the banker rolled in through the parking lot and he's taking pictures of the apartment complex. Well, I didn't know who it was. Yeah. And I went out to the parking lot and I, you know, introduced myself and he said, yeah, we, we know all about it. And, uh, he said, have you ever thought about refinancing this property? And I said, well, I won't be able to refinance it. I said, I went through a bankruptcy and I said, I'm only here by the grace of God and Ken Steiner. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, there's a lot of equity in this property. He said, you ought to let us look at it. Well, that day, wow. <laughs> really, it changed my life. <laughs> yeah. Because the bank ended up refinancing this deal, and the appraisal came in, and it was almost a million dollars more than what I paid for the darn property. Wow! So now, Mark, on paper, yeah, I'm I'm a gamer. Yeah, right? yeah, and, you're back uh, in the, you're back in the game. So here's the funny part of the story. Um, I had never been at that level before. Quite honestly, my lawn care business was not anywhere near this level of business. And uh, so I so I called Kent up and I told him I said, Kent, I got the place refinanced. I'm going to pay off the loan. 
well, what do you mean? He says, we got, we got a deal. So, so I go to the closing and Kent doesn't show up to the closing and we're calling him and calling him. He doesn't show up. Finally, we leave the closing without the signature. And as I'm leaving, Kent pulls up in the parking lot. So we go back in and he sits down he says, he says, let me see that the appraisal you got. So I throw him the appraisal. And he's a real estate guy. He goes right to the number. Oh, yeah. right? And he says, he says, well, hell, Ray, I sold the property too cheap. What are we going to do about it? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm going to take you to dinner, Kent. And that's what we did. So, <laughs> But Mark, as a result of that, I ended up using that equity. And I did many, many more deals with Kent Steiner yeah. using the equity out of that property. So Kent Steiner changed my life that day. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know. To have somebody come into your life like that and to recognize your skill and hard work and morals and ethics and provide you an opportunity, yeah, a godsend. I mean, just absolutely spectacular. What a wonderful person and mentor and teacher and, oh, my gosh. Well, my takeaway from that is, you know what? Work hard. Be honest. Try whatever you can. And when an opportunity comes along, grab it. Yeah, yeah. Still a great friend, Kent. He's a, uh, you know, he's he's a mentor to many, many people. He just one it of those sounds like guys. it. Yeah. Wow. Wonderful yeah. person to have in your life. Very fortunate. Well, how about a proudest career moment? Is there one that stands out for you? I would say, you know, uh, when I went to my father and my mother and uh, um, I showed them the appraisal on that apartment complex. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was really proud because. Because my dad uh, and my mom, they had, you know, they kind of helped me financially in business, not on the, I never asked them for business help in the business sense. I only asked them for money, right? (laughs) And I really should have. But, you know, the thing is, I I didn't think, I I thought that I knew everything. And and, and you realize as you get older that, wow, your parents really were smart. They do know a few Um, things, don't they? (laughs) It's so true. So, oh, wonderful. Anyway. Nice, nice, nice. Well, yeah. let's have a little bit of fun and talk cars again here. I would love for you to share your first really special car, that first vehicle that you got that had a great meaning for you, and maybe share a memory about that particular vehicle. Well, it's a it's it's the first car that I ever bought, and it was a 1967 Firebird. And it was a great first car. I bought it from my science teacher uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, it was ni- 1972, and, and I'm I asked my mom and dad if I could borrow the money and my dad, you know, he said, you go get a part-time job and that's how you're going to get that car. And so then I, my grandparents had just moved over from Dublin, Ireland and and my parents were both from Dublin and and my, uh, uh, my grandparents were living uh, in our home and, and I just kind of sneakily went in and I I asked my grandpa, knowing my parents would not, would not approve of me asking grandpa, (laughs) but grandpa was a softy, right? (laughs) So I asked my grandpa if he would, loaned me the money to buy this car was $600. And um, my grandfather loaned me 60 rolls of Kennedy half dollars that he had rolled up. Oh, my gosh. And he he gave them to me in a box. And that's how I paid for that car with 60 $10 rolls of uh, Kennedy half dollars. He collected them. And it was just – and when my grandfather passed away, uh, I was probably in my 30s at the time, and my mom was cleaning out – uh, my my grandparents' room. My my mom found more boxes of those Kennedy half dollars. So yeah. it was just something that he always collected. You know, <laughs> how fun! But, you know, something that aligned. was a great car. Well, you know, it sounds like it. Um, I had a neighbor up the street who owned a Chevy dealership, and he offered me the opportunity to buy my first car, and it was a six hundred dollar uh, Chevy Nova. And I said, you know, I only have three hundred dollars, and my folks said, well, we'll pitch in a little bit, and 
Mayor Mike Brown, rest his soul, he said, well, tell you what, Mark, I'll knock a couple hundred bucks off that so that you guys can afford this car. And uh, I think back now- Mike was a great guy. Yeah, he's a great, yeah, awesome person. And uh, in fact, he let me borrow a brand new Camaro to go take my driving test in. And he said, if you pass your test, you can drive this brand new Camaro for a week. You got to bring it back. And, you know, the Nova will be your car, but you get to drive it to school for a week. And boy, golly, did I pass that test. (laughs) Good for you. Oh, yeah. I felt like the king of the road for that one week. And then I had to kind of go back to my little old four-door granny car. But, uh, Mike, what a nice guy. Well, how about a car you let go that you wish you had back? Uh, Most of us have a seller's remorse story. Do you have one? Well, uh, I do, and I just got rid of it here very recently because I have no more room in my hangar. But it's a, I had a 70 Challenger, a Plum Crazy 446 oh. car with white white vinyl top and white interior. Nice car. Yeah. Uh, really nice car. And uh, it was um, – it was a matter of we just up here in Telluride, Colorado. It's uh, you know real estate is very expensive, storage, everything. It's just so expensive up here. And yeah. um, I so I, I have uh, I have a hangar full of cars, and that one just it was a matter of uh, getting rid of one to getting another one. Sure. And so sure. I picked up another car. Anyway, wow. The, the Challenger had kind of run its route. We used it for our car festival the first uh, you know a couple of years to help promote it uh-huh. and. Um, but uh, so so I'm just changing it up a little. You can't own them all, Mark. That's true. So true. Yeah. Well, speaking of cars and events, I would love for you to share with my listeners the Telluride Festival of Cars and Colors. Tell us all about this event, why people should put this on their calendar. Of course, we all know why we should go to Telluride. It's just a beautiful place. But the fact that you've combined cars and colors, the fall foliage, sounds fantastic. So tell us all about it. Well, um, it's something I'm very proud of. My team and I have uh, put together, and um, it is uh, in its first couple of years, it's ranked by USA Today as one of the top ten automotive events in North America. Wow! Uh, Napa Auto Parts ranked at number eight, and then Christine just shared with me that we got another ranking from an international. Uh, it's Motion U. It's a website. I'm not familiar with them, but uh, they ranked us number 39 uh, of great events in in the world. Oh my so, gosh. Mark, you, if you've been to Telluride, you know it's not my darn car show. It's Telluride, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, it's um, beautiful. You know, you, you could have a shrimp festival here in the mountains, <laughs> and it's going to be a world class shrimp festival. Um, Telluride is one of those kind of places. It's the home of Ralph Lauren and Tom Cruise and Oprah, and it's nine blocks by six in size, and it's a national historic landmark district. It's the home of uh, Butch Cassidy's first bank robbery and Nikolai Tesla's first power plant. So it's very, uh, it's a really cool town at 9,000 feet surrounded by 14,000 foot peaks. It's the highest concentration of 14,000 foot peaks in North America. And we are snow capped all year long when the rest of the world is 110 in July and August. It's you know, it's a balmy 67 and sunny here. Um, <laughs> that's just Telluride. But I love it here. And our, our car show, it was basically the way it got started. I tried to start the darn thing in 2005, 2006, but the economy was just not mm, uh, yeah. not where it needed to be for, for my business partner and my wife to, you know, who is my business partner, to for us to commit at the level that we've committed to doing this event. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we let that time frame lapse. And then 
I became a hotel developer and I sold my brand in 2015 and we just thought this is a great time. So we, uh, we started the event in 2015 and it's, um, it's spectacular. It's, uh, we've got uh, an aviation event where we bring in warbirds and they do rides on vintage warbirds at the highest elevation commercial airport wow. in the world, which is Telluride, Colorado. Yeah. And then we stage cars down on our main street, the historical venue in front of the clock tower in the mountains in the backdrop and we do car club staging on main street and then up in the village core which is our very high end uh you know kind of i would uh, the hollywood uh, type place the newer mountain versus the old historic town mm-hmm. of main street mm-hmm. um we do the great cars up there in the village core and then the telski company the owners of the golf and ski resort they're uh they've created a venue for us now that's three-tiered overlooking uh, the mountain range and you stand up there and, and I I go to car shows for a living. I've been to Pebble. I've been to Amelia. I go to them all mm-hmm. and they are beautiful events, but there is no place in the world like Telluride, Colorado. Wow. And um, it's just this, the canyon views are so vast and so spectacular. So we do that. And then we, um, we have, uh, uh, we have a venue on, uh, where we do a road rally and we give a $10,000 first prize. And it's Whoa. the route of much of what the Colorado Grand has done. It's the million-dollar highway loop. Mm-hmm. And it uh, goes through all these old historic mining towns with railroads and, uh, you know, the historic uh, train trips through the old mine towns. So we take that route. And then uh, whoever matches the rally master, and he is one of you, and he might be driving a Ferrari. He might be driving a minivan. Uh-huh. You don't know. Uh-huh. But you're trying to match his time. And he's going to stop, and he's going to eat lunch, and he's going to have to get fuel. And his wife might want to take some pictures <laughs> so it's not a race yeah it's just whoever is closest plus or minus to his time wow and then we've got uh we give away uh ten thousand dollars in each category and these are in the prizes come in from our great sponsor Ame Privé, which is a a gem dealer that's opened up here in telluride and tell you know these kind of companies they open in la and new york and london and telluride Mm-hmm. It's a tiny little town, yeah. but um, so they they've come on board and they have uh, provided us with uh, with custom designed jewelry sets, and so they're in categories of ten thousand dollars each, and we we give away four in the in the best of class in each category for uh, for the cars, and and those are people's choice awards, Mark. So it keeps it friendly. Now, if you have a Duesenberg and you just spent one point two on a restoration and the little girl votes for the pink Volkswagen. I don't want you to be upset <laughs> right? because because she gets a vote too. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. It's a family fun event. We do a, a, a medallion hunt. We had a medallion here in town, in our historic town, and, we, and our town historian creates a list of clues, and you try to find the medallion, and we give away, I don't know what it was, maybe a $500 prize for that. Wow. And I think we do $500 a day for photo contest, best car, best landscape pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got great food venues during the event. We've got great music venues and it's a time to come and relax in the mountains. It's the end of the car show season. It's what was, uh, typically in the past for Telluride, what was called the shoulder season. So, you know, our, our town kind of, we were done with festivals and everybody kind of didn't come to Telluride anymore. And so our hotels suffered, our restaurants suffered, our Mm -hmm. retail businesses suffered. And, and we are a community where our economy is based on people coming to visit our historic community so uh, i own a couple of businesses here in town and we felt it as well in our in our, our cash flow right. so we thought uh, this is a great way to invest in our town nice nice event well and i'll remind our listeners a little bit later this year i'm gonna have a whole week dedicated to telluride festival of cars and colors we're gonna have 
four or five of the key sponsors on the show and talk about the show, talk about them. They're going to share their life stories as well. So look forward to that a little bit later this year. But in the meantime, you can go to the website and I'll put a link to that website on Ray's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website where you can check it out and put it on your calendar. This is a fantastic, beautiful place to go and enjoy cars. Okay, here's a very introspective question for you, Ray. If you were a car, what kind of car would Ray be and why? I would be a car that's little known to people. They may have heard about it, but it's the Series 1. Are you familiar with it? Series 1. Would that be a Jaguar XKE? It's a Shelby. Oh, a Shelby, Shelby built, Series. Okay. <laughs> okay. He built 249 of them. Yep. 80 of them were supercharged. Oh. And the car, it just struggled. But, I, but I, I own that car. In fact, that's the one that I got rid of the Challenger to get this car. Mm-hmm. So I had room for it. Okay. And I got to tell you, Mark, I just love it. And I love the story of the car. I just read a book uh, by Eric Davison. It's called Snake Bed. And it's the history of the Shelby Series 1. And uh, they had no money. They had uh, they were plagued with obstacles. The, um, you know, nothing great comes easy. But uh, they continued to persevere as a company. And they got 249 of them built. The car was originally titled in 99, but they really didn't start building until after 2000. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the federal government came in and you know, whatever the transportation and safety commissions are, oh, yeah. and they shut the project down. Um, so only the, of the 500 that were to have been built, only 249 of them were built. Like I said, I own one of the 80 supercharged cars. It's wow. number 192 on the production line. And I just love the car. It's carbon fiber. It's uh, it's on an aluminum chassis. It's very nimble and light. And uh, it's a supercharged North Star Aurora, uh, excuse me, the Oldsmobile version mm-hmm. of the uh, North Star engine, which was the Aurora. And such a you know, such a hodgepodge of different manufacturers for Carroll Shelby to build the chassis, build the body, and put all these different parts in to, to make this car a whole car. Wow. Um, I love the car. It's so much fun to drive. It's a convertible. It's a, you know, it's a manual transmission. Yep. It's a, it gets a lot of looks. People don't know what it is. Yeah. You know? yeah. I just love the car. Well, yeah. that's why you tripped me up a little bit. I was thinking Jaguar, but all of a sudden when you said Shelby, you went, well, of course. Yes. I remember yeah. that car and all the challenges. Yeah. Well, very cool. And I like the uh, analogy of you and struggling and then succeeding in business. And, of course, Shelby, his legacy is iconic. So, ah, uh, fantastic. Well, Ray, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars yeah listeners. This is Mark Green. I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school, way back in 19... 19- 75. But Covercraft has much more to offer than just vehicle covers. This time of year is very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Rain, snow, dirt, and mud gets into the carpet and the seats, grinding away and destroying the original materials. It's important to preserve and protect your special ride with Covercraft floor mats and seat covers. That's what I do. They offer a wide variety of styles, colors, and materials, all designed to fit like a glove. They're easy to install and provide for anchor points and airbags for safety and a perfect fit. Protecting your vehicle adds value when you go to sell it, too. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me, and your vehicle will thank you as well. That's Covercraft.com, and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents 
who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Ray, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that series one throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, Probably check your fluids, check your air pressure. Yes. Yep. Did that yesterday on my car. Had the fluids all replenished and topped off the tires. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Well, I haven't had successes until later in life, but uh, I would say the key is marry well and uh, and uh, put in the hours with a team member that is, you know, for me and my wife, um, and build that team and then uh, and, and just watch it grow. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy that you enjoy? I'll, I'll tell you, I do have a resource and it's Man Cave, Colorado. It's a uh, it's a shop that I met in uh, in the Denver area, and they've got multiple outlets there. And, and in fact, now they have one here in Telluride, Colorado. But they are a very high – first of all, it's a great bunch of guys. And uh, first time I ever met this guy, Mike Bergren, the, the owner of the company, he uh, jumped in with two feet, and he's helped me with this, this car festival thing here. So I, I consider him a founding member. But they do very, very high-end uh, auto detail. Like you go to his shop, and there's a Koenigsegg in there. Oh, and there's, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. I mean, they don't do – they don't do little stuff, but very, very well known in this part of the country, uh, Man Cave Mike. So, yeah, I'd like to shout out to him and th- thank him for all that he does for our festival. Well, absolutely. And I think he would be a great guest to have here on Cars. Yeah, so you'll have to make an introduction to him for sure. I've had over 150 detailers on the show now and uh, owners of major car care companies as well. So we love clean cars mm-hmm. here on Cars. Yeah, especially me. I'm kind of a nutcase when it comes to that. Now, if I could yes. arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? You know what? I'd like to. I'd like to just sit there and observe Carol and Enzo having a drink together. Wouldn't that um, be interesting? Yeah. 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 And I would just keep my mouth shut and just sit there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. That would be quite a lively discussion, I think, for sure. Yes. <laughs> now, how about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, uh, "Rich Dad Poor Dad" by Robert Kiyosaki. Oh, yeah. um, Great, great line of books, not just that one particular. That's the first one that I read. But yes. uh, those books changed my life. At the same time, when I came into a real estate mentor, mm-hmm. I, I started look reading real estate books. And uh, that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, taught me that an asset is not a car with fancy wheels. It's an investment income property. So that's what I got out of that. <laughs> you know, I loved his books. I bought copies for my kids when they were in junior high to read. As did I. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. He's, uh, he's done so well with all his series and so helpful to to people in rethinking what wealth is and investing yes. and so forth and being your own boss and having your own business too. Very, very nice. Well, I'll remind our listeners 
You can find all these great resources that Ray has shared on his show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Ray Cody. What a great name for Telluride. Kind of sounds like a cowboy gunslinger name. Ray Cody, I like that. And you'll find his page with all these great links. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. Now, this is a tough one because I'm going to make you get rid of all the cars in your hangar and you can only have one, one cool collector car in your garage. But money's no object because I'm buying that car for you today. So what's it going to be? Well, it would be something like a Koenigsegg or a Pagani, something that when you go, it's the show. Um, uh, And I would put... Telluride Festival, cars and colors all over the side of it. <laughs> Maybe wrap it. How about that wrap of Pagani? And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's, you know, those kinds of cars, the craftsmanship, the, uh, the engineering, um, the time, and the individual efforts from those design guys. These aren't guys that uh, come from big, huge corporate America. These are guys that just have such a level of talent uh, in the automotive industry and, and really the best of the very best. Ah, uh, yes. Well, you picked two interesting cars, but... You know what? I'm going to have to have you narrow it down because if I let you get away with two, I'm going to have a lot of phone calls, probably about 976 guests before you, and wondering why you retreated that way. So Pagani, Koenigsegg, which one's it going to be? Oh, oh, you do that. I just watched a show on uh, on uh, both of them. and um, Yeah, I saw that yeah. same show. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd have to say Koenigsegg. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. they're both pretty darn special and they are hand they are. built, both, yes. incredible vehicles. I can only imagine. Well, I'll make sure I deliver that was a the coin toss, Mark. I, well, it's a tough one. Yeah, for sure. That was but a coin uh, toss. Yeah. when I come up there and visit you, uh, you'll take me for a ride in that Koenigsegg. How's that sound? <laughs> well, that would be nice. <laughs> that would be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> for Very, both of us. Yeah. I think so. Well, Ray, yeah. you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed uh, learning more about you and about the Telluride Festival of Cars and Colors. Thanks for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the mountains in that Koenigsegg? Yeah, uh, words from my dad again. Uh, he would always say, he'd "Say, son, look in the mirror and know your strengths." He said it's really important. He said, "But more importantly, it's know your weaknesses and surround yourself with people whose strengths are your weaknesses." And that's how you find success. Yep, wise man, your father. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and this wonderful event? Well, on Facebook, we're at the Telluride Festival of Cars and Colors. Um, we have a, a social media presence there. And I think on Vimeo, we've got uh, uh, videos. But uh, we're at carsandcolors.com. There you go. There you go. Well, again, listeners, you'll find links to everything Ray has shared on his show notes page. I'll put links there. And we're going to have a week of uh, Cars and Colors, or I should say Festival of Cars and Colors here on Cars. Yeah, coming up later this year to promote the event. So I would encourage you to check it out. Put it on your calendar. This is one to attend for sure. Thank you, Ray, for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Until you and I talk again or we see you in the mountains, I'll see you down the road. I look forward to it, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. 
Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, FINRA SIPC. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.